2: What did you like about being with these guys that, that made you happy to come back?
3: I love it, man. Uh, you know, I spread the interest, you know, last year towards the end. I uh, saw myself, you know, really playing back for a full year. I think the, the joy that I have for a month, I, you know, I want to be able to, you know, stretch that feeling for six or, you know, close to seven, eight months. So, you know, I think it was, a, it was an easy decision, you know, towards the end for me to come back. Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score and on 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. It is Gabe Ramirez. That was Elvis Andrews right there. I was curious what his thoughts were as to why he wanted to come back. I mean, obviously money, and but but it was cool to kind of hear some sort of truth within the statement and talk about, you know, what he did last year towards the end of the season. And, and, and we're glad to have him back. And I wonder if this guy is glad to have him as well. Joining us right now, on the Circuit Resort Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. He is the senior editor and podcast co-host at Future Socks and writer for Socks Machine. Of course, I'm talking about none other than James Fox. James, what's going on, man? Good evening.
4: Hey, Gabe. How you doing, man? Thanks for having me.
3: Yeah, no problem. So uh, were you, I mean, when you saw Elvis Andrews, did you think to yourself like, well, yeah, duh, this should have happened a long time ago? Or were you like, oh, the Socks made a good move finally?
4: Yeah, no, I definitely think it's a good move. I, I think we all probably should have had our spidey senses up when Rick Hahn said publicly that there were like ongoing conversations still cuz it it just like doesn't seem like he does that that often like if they're not close to something. You know, I think it always made sense. I guess I just assumed that there would be a shortstop job out there for him like even on like a bad team that might, you know, might pay him a little bit more money than that. I'm surprised that it was only three million. Um, and look, it's not my money. Like they could have paid him whatever. I just kind of. I, I think this market with all these shortstops that went to teams, and then you have teams like Atlanta who are going with a young guy, and Minnesota got Correa. So yeah, I mean, it just seems like his market basically led him back to the White Sox, and I, I think it's a it's a good thing. You know, Gabe, the White Sox haven't had two war out of second base since Tadahito Iguchi in 06. Oh my god. So, Yes, exactly. So maybe uh, maybe Elvis Andres can do that for them.
3: It has been a, a dreadful carousel of second baseman, almost comparable to the quarterback position for the Chicago White Sox. Or excuse me, Chicago Bears. It's it, it's almost been that bad, the 2B spot. But Elvis is there. And I feel like – what what did you feel like he added to the team last year when he got to the squad?
4: Well, so I think like shortstop defense was important, obviously. But, I mean, people that like vibes, right, he was definitely – cool. I guess I didn't know that part. Right. I didn't know that he would come in there and bring the energy and, and do all that. And obviously like all the home runs, he hit helped. Right. I don't, I don't think we really expected that. And he's linking that back to what some sort of um, like, he made a swing change, but there was also, he like was injured. He said, and he's finally like felt healthy. So to me, like, I don't even really care if Elvis Andrews gets on base, like if he can give you shortstop level defense at second and hit homers, you know, I, I think it's definitely, like, a, a really good signing. And, look, I was okay with them going with young guys. Um, but I definitely understand, like, them wanting to insulate that a little bit and just having, like, some of those other guys start in Charlotte instead.
3: Yeah, especially because, James, you got guys that, you know, you want to reward guys that did well for you, right? I mean, not he right. He did change the culture a little bit in a sense where he had people kind of feeling a little bit loose where some people were questioning, you know, who's the leader in the clubhouse. It was odd to see a guy like Elvis Andrews come in in the latter half of the season, but, but kind of take command of it, right? And he felt just a little bit better with the guys in the locker room. But you brought up the younger guys that, that were pegged to play second base, you know, your, your Rami Gonzalez's, your Lennon Sosa's, and even your Larry Garcia's. Um, wh- what do you think their future holds uh, with this squad?
4: Well, so I think a lot of it kind of depends on Larry Garcia, right? And he's, like, just a guy that we always just kind of get forced to talk about because, you know, he's the longest-tenured member of this team. You know, he has the contract that I feel like, look, like, more power to the man, right? But I feel like we all kind of think Larry Garcia got overpaid last off season, and he's on a two-year deal. Like, I think that, that should probably be the Romy Gonzalez spot, but, I mean – look, I think Leary's probably on the team. Like, I'm not convinced that they're – I know what Pedro said today about a competition, but, like, I'm not convinced that they're just going to DFA him or whatever before camp, and, like, I assume Leary's there. So, you know, with four bench spots, if that's one of them, and then you have a backup catcher, and I'm guessing, like, Sheets is on the team, like, it doesn't really leave that many spots. So, you know, I think is definitely the second baseman in Charlotte. That part's not a surprise, but it looks like now Romy, you know, might – be there too I mean it it wouldn't be a huge shock if they just like keep Romy Gonzalez up because I don't think he has a ton to prove in the minors but yeah I mean it's just like kind of a roster crunch and they got a million infielders on their 40 man and he could be in Charlotte as well to start
3: yeah and you heard um Rick Hahn and his little picnic table press conference talk about you know how everyone spoke so highly of Romy and, and and him wanting to remain on the team so you got. I think he he'll still be there. We're talking to James Fox here on six seventy The Score. I'm Gabe Ramirez. Uh, talking a little White Sox baseball right here. You know, James, when I look at this team, and I I, I try to think to myself, all right, there's no Jose Abreu. Is this is this going to be a situation, or do you see it being a situation where it's like Big Bro is gone, and we're now uh, left to fend for ourselves in the wild? Is that is that how you kind of look at it, or do you think that? These guys have already been in that kind of mindset.
4: Yeah, I mean, I guess I just like kind of think that like the manager in this case is probably like the the difference maker, like the leader of the team. Like I'm sure that <clears throat> some sort of position player somewhere will show themselves like as the leader of this group, right? And like you hear all that about Abreu and look, all of it's true. Like nobody's going to say anything bad about Abreu, but like, you know, his leadership didn't really get them anywhere anyway. I feel like, right. Like there's a lot of these guys who I feel like weren't doing some of the things clearly that, you know, they were supposed to be doing. And obviously like Tony LaRusso was there and like, we've all had this conversation. It was, you know, it kind of turned into like a weekend at Bernie's thing, but like in, in his defense, like they are professional players, right? So when you got a manager coming in saying, you're going to change the whole pregame routine and do stretching and, like follow game plans. Like if they weren't doing all that stuff before, you know, I just think like them starting to do some of that stuff might outweigh the fact that uh, Jose Abreu isn't there, but look, I mean, yeah, it's, it's definitely a loss. I mean, you just hope that Andrew Vaughn can replicate some of Jose Abreu's recent production. Right. And then you have a guy like Andrew Benintendi to fill in and, you know, maybe Oscar Colas is in right field. So it's definitely like a different looking team. Um, but I think as long as guys are healthy, uh, which is a tall order, right? Like I think they'll win enough games to where we won't really matter the leadership. We won't notice the leadership divide as much, like if there is one.
3: Yeah, and I and I I, I did think about that initially, and then you, when you mentioned the, you know how Pedro is running the 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 camp this year, you think to yourself like sounds similar to, from the to the Chicago Bears where you know some of the guys were like. Yeah, we're practicing scrambling drills, and you're thinking to yourself like, "Why the hell weren't you doing that last year?" So you hear some of this stuff coming out of out of Arizona with the White Sox, and you're like, "Damn, they weren't they weren't doing that." You're like, "Okay, I see I see what's going on with this team, and if they can just clean some of those things up, like you're right, and win some of those games, then that that's not going to be the case." I I also look at you know some of the core players, right? Your your Elo Jimenez's, Jimenezes, your Luis Robert Juniors, your Tim Andersons. Am I? the delusional White Sox fan to think that they're going to be performing at a high level this year or, or, or do you feel like, you know, they're going to be pretty much more or less what they were last year?
4: Well, so I think a lot, like so much of it depends on health, right. And this, they've just, they've never been healthy together. And like, I'm not someone that comes into a season and just like assumes that the whole team's going to be hurt because I don't, I don't really think that's fair. But if you are one of those people, like, I think you have every reason to, like, assume that because of, like, what they've kind of shown. Look, I think this is a good baseball team if they're, you know, but they they have to be all intact. And they obviously have very clear depth issues. But, I mean, when you lose everybody, I kind of think everybody has depth issues. So, yeah, you're you're definitely right. Like, you hit on the biggest factor with this team, right? Those guys that they gave contract extensions to that they really bought into – regardless of who they brought in from the outside this off season, like it's going to depend on those guys. Like those guys have to be good. And if they are, like they can win the American League Central in 2023. You know, it just, you know, it just kind of depends on how many games all of them can play together. I think
3: we're talking to James Fox podcast, co-host at future socks and writer for socks machine right here on six seventy the score. I'm Gabe Ramirez. You know, I, I, I watched this team last year, James, and just like you, you know, I was, man, I was like the, I'm trying to think of the cartoon where it's like, you know, the head blows off and they got the steam coming out of it. That that was me last year. But what was your frustration like watching this team last year? Because you seem optimistic, but I know that wasn't the case last year.
4: Oh, no. Like last, Yeah, last year was terrible. And, like, the the thing is, like, they kept sucking you back in, right? Like, Every time. I, I I would tell my buddies or. <laughs> you know yeah like other media people that I know it's like I wish they were 20 games back because then we could have stopped paying attention but it was like oh man they're gonna get back in it because look as bad as things were they went 81 and 81 and look I am one of these people like I did blame a lot of it on Tony LaRusso because I think like a lot of it yeah not that it was all his fault but like he didn't do anything to change it and like the whole organization like that's like the perfect opportunity to fire a manager and get a spark. Right. And they didn't do it till late, but yeah, it was a, it was a very frustrating season because it was one of the most unlikable white Sox teams of my life of my lifetime, but I like most (laughs) of the players. So it's weird. You know what I mean? It was, it was so weird because it was like, I hate this team because they don't do any of the things I like, right? Like they don't take walks. They walk too many guys. They don't hit homers. They hit a bunch of singles. Like I hate all that stuff. And I feel like they did it every night. Um, So I think like, You know, some of this, I feel like just what they're being taught, or what they're not even necessarily taught, but the game plan seems to fall more in line with what I would like to see, I feel like, going forward. And like I said, I think there's a lot of people that are upset with the White Sox for a lot of reasons right now, obviously. But man, I just sat through two years of Tony LaRussa. Like I'm I'm ready for this. I yeah. could, you know, I am I'm, I'm excited for this. They could
3: have hired anybody. Give me my fresh coat of paint. That's what I'm yeah, like. Exactly. Dude, give me anything other than Tony LaRussa. But you saw it last year in Philly, right? Getting rid of your your manager and what it what it could do to your team. And 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 it was frustrating, especially to watch because cause you knew they were good. You knew the potential. It wasn't like there there wasn't some sort of sample size that existed that could show you that these guys can be good, it existed. We knew what this team could be, and they just weren't performing to that level consistently. And you touched on some things, of course, health being one of them, you know, the, the inability to hit the long ball consistently. I mean, but but you saw it in spurts, and that was the, the, the good thing that kept you there. It was like the carrot right in front of the freaking horse, and you're like, yeah, I know, I'm going to get it, I'm going to get it. Because I was the same way. Oh, this stretch of games is the stretch. Oh, this stretch of divisional games. This is what. This is the one. Oh, this game. This stretch of games versus teams that are below 500. Like, you kept thinking that, but then the Sox, for whatever reason, just couldn't couldn't pull it off. But they do have a new manager in place right now, Pedro Grifol. Yeah,
4: it, well, it was like. Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
3: No, no, I was. It was literally. I mean, I, no. We can live in this frustrated uh, space right here, James. Don't worry. So, what were you gonna say?
4: Well, no, it's like hitting yourself in the head with a hammer. Is what I was gonna say. <laughs> it was, you know, it was. It was kind of just like over and over and and, and while there was no. Look, there was no proof that changing managers was going to work. There was proof that, like, staying the course was not going to Facts. work was my biggest
3: issue. Facts. Uh, but, but again, as as I mentioned a second ago, you know, they did bring in Pedro Full Seems like he has a good grasp on what direction this team should be headed in. What were your initial thoughts on Pedro? And then what do you think he can kind of bring to this team?
4: So I didn't really know much about him, obviously, other than, like, what I had read. I liked his initial press conference. I think, you know, it's something I feel like we talk about here in Chicago all the time. And, you know, especially where you work, it's like he definitely won the press conference. Right. Mm -hmm. So now we get to see if any of that stuff comes to fruition. Look, I think he's probably manager X, right? Like it's fine. Like it it was like, we, we kind of talked about, like, we saw how bad it could be. Right. So even if he's just like average or part of the 20, like I've kind of felt like there's five really good managers and five really bad ones. And the rest are kind of all the same. Like, even if he's one of those guys, like, I feel like it's going to be an improvement. You know, I like that he's a Spanish speaker. I like that he's up to date with like modern analytics and thinking. I love the stuff they've they've talked about in regards to hitting where they have like three to four hitting coaches, all generally preaching the same things. Like you, you have to hit the ball out of the ballpark in 23, if you're going to win baseball games. And, you know, I think they understand that now it's kind of like up to the players to see if they can listen and, do what they're being asked to do, essentially. And then I had really no issues with Ethan Katz on the pitching side. Like, keeping him is fine and revamping the whole other side. So, yeah, I mean, I'm excited with what I've heard. And I guess, like, over the next month or so, we'll hear and see a little bit more.
3: All right, uh, James, before I get you out here, uh, I'm looking at this roster. I'm looking at this team. And I asked the, the, the listeners earlier, like, what are you excited about for the upcoming season and, and I got to ask you that same thing. Is it a particular player? Is it a, or excuse me, a position player? Is it a pitcher? Or is it something else that you're, you are excited about for this season?
4: So, I mean, I think like one of the game changers on the team could be Michael Kopech. Like if we finally get like what we think that guy could be and he's, you know, throwing like whatever, like 170 innings. Um, I do think he could take that kind of year two full season jump that we saw like out of. And cease like maybe the year before last year, right? Not like the full-on Cy Young Michael Kopech, but the guy that we think, okay, this guy's arrived. Like he's a number three starter that would be very helpful. And then just with what I do at Future Sox, and I feel like I've been covering Oscar Colos for like three years, and he's only been in the system for a year. He finally made it over here. Uh, you know, I kind of I want to see that guy in right field. I think good teams and the Braves do it right. Like they. You know, they call up like a prospect every year, and it doesn't have to be a guy that saves you. And Oscar Kolas can hit eighth, like that's fine. But I do like shiny new toys, and I think you know, I think he's pretty exciting, and I think the fans are gonna like his style of play. I and mean, he's uh, he's pretty fun and interesting.
3: Hey, I I love seeing him, uh, you know, take swings from the left side. It just looks good. It always looks good seeing something like that. And and hopefully we'll be talking a lot about um, Mr. Kolas and and Michael Kobick for that matter. Hey, James. I appreciate you jumping on with me tonight, man. Great stuff today. All right, thanks, Gabe. Of course, James Fox. Make sure you follow him on Twitter, James Fox nine one seven. Also, got to follow Future Sox and Sox Machine. They put out some great stuff all year long about the Chicago White Sox. All right. uh, On the other side, uh, we're gonna uh, bounce back to the Chicago Bears. Uh, We're gonna go see what's uh, what's happening on the Grapevine. What's the Grapevine? You know, the rumor mill. What's the latest? What are, what are we getting for our first-round pick? We? Sorry. What are the Bears getting for their first-round pick? And who, who's rumored to be coming to the uh, to the Windy City? Uh, we'll discuss all that on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez right here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We're back, live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Shout-out Cesar Perez hitting me with that old Motown great. Heard it through the grapevine. Okay, little rock version. I like it. So not the Motown version, but I'm here for it. Um, the grapevine—it's where the rumor mill exists. What are people talking about for these Chicago Bears? And you know what? We're also gonna open up the phone lines, man. If you want to talk Chicago Bears, I'm here for the thoughts. This is an interactive show. I'm not. This is not a one-way street. This is a two-lane Chicago parking on both sides, but we're gonna fit both of us in anyway. You might have to wait for me to make my point before you can go but that's what we're doing right now so 312 644 what what is what is one of the best rumors that you're hearing out there you're a bears fan you you see everything out there you're probably reading it incessantly like i have and something one of them is standing out to you as as something that you really want the bears to be doing and so what what is that for you and and what are your thoughts on on the bears and where they're at right now 312 644 Sixty-seven, 67. Um, first, let's just hear Tom McShay talk about Bryce Young and, and what current NFL quarterback he's comparing him to.
1: As we get ready for this thing, and then McShay, what this means, you have the Bears trading out of that spot at number one overall, and you know that there are many who will wonder, yep. do they consider restarting the quarterback clock or do they feel they just have their guy in Justin Fields and that's it? Clearly, you think they have their guy.
0: Listen, I, personally, I would take Bryce Young if I was Chicago. Wow. I don't think that's going to be the decision that they make. I think they're going to move back and and take advantage of the fact that you, you have Houston at two, Indianapolis at four, Las Vegas at seven, uh, seven I believe, Carolina at nine. There's a bunch of teams that want to move up. How far back do they move? We'll find out. But I, I would do it because I, I would want Bryce Young because I think he's an upgrade over Justin Fields and I want his rookie contract so I have five years. But I don't think they're gonna wind up making that decision which means they're gonna move back with one of these teams. I, I chose Indianapolis at four because I, I, if I'm Chicago and I'm Ryan Poles, a GM, I don't wanna move out of the spot where I can't get Will Anderson, the defensive lineman from Alabama, or Jalen Carter, the defensive tackle from Georgia. They're the two special players in this draft that are not quarterbacks.
3: All right, so that's Todd McShay right there. Obviously, you know, just talking about what the Bears should be doing in that position. Doesn't think they should move on from Justin Fields, but he said he personally would take Bryce Young. And you know, there's been other people that have been writing right now, right? Of course, we're doing the rumor mill here. And one of the top things they're saying that if 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 Justin Fields were to be in this draft class, coming out of high, coming out of college, not you you, you don't have the ability to see his body of work in the NFL if it were Bryce Young and Justin Fields that just that Justin Fields would not be drafted over Bryce Young and that's something that we're not thinking about like we we feel like oh we saw him break records and rush a ton of yards Justin Fields no 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 no. Bryce Young don't tell me that but the reality is that that might be the truth that might be the truth that that Bryce Young might be better than than Justin Fields and I I don't want us to be delusional Bears fans to at least not put that into our brain to think about. I'm not saying that the Bears should do it or we should be upset if they don't do it, but it should be something that we at least think about. He continued Todd McShay in talking about Bryce Young and, 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 and again, that quarterback in the NFL, who he compares him to.
0: Why do you have young? Number one. I think he's special. And, and listen, he's undersized. And that's going to be the whole conversation leading up to the draft. 5'10 and a half is what I was told by an NFL scout who went and measured him in the summer. And when I talked to him before the Mississippi State game, he said, I bulked up to about 193. And he's working with the nutritionist. It's just, it, it's not normal for his frame to be over 200, but I think he's going to get there. So the biggest concern is can he stay durable? And healthy throughout his career, but I think he's a smaller version of Patrick Mahomes. The presence he has in the pocket, the ability to feel pressure coming, the ability to make to see the whole field and make all the throws with really good touch and timing. He's a di- he's different than all these other guys. I sit here and I watch tape over and over again. And I, Will Levis has a great arm. Anthony Richardson is the most physically talented. C.J. Stroud had an unbelievable career at Ohio State. But Bryce Young is different.
3: Oh, Caesar President shaking his head. No, 5'10 and a half. So I'm taller than him. 193 bulked up to 193. I weigh more than him. So, I mean, you wouldn't want me out there with my beer, my beer, beer belly and my dad bod. But if Justin Fields is listening to all this, and I
2: can't wait. I can't wait till he comes back next season, just ready to prove everybody and, and goes and 10, ten receipts. I guarantee ten for
3: twenty three for one hundred and twenty yards. Because that's what you that, that that listen again. I can't say it enough. You have to in your brain think about what the new floor for Justin Fields is, not the ceiling. Ceiling, we know it could be any, anything. Anybody can have a really great game, right? Well, what is the new floor? For Justin Fields, because, again, I can only go back to his actual games, right? Like, what he's actually done on the field. And I want to be very clear, just in case you're curious out there, I want Justin Fields on this team. I know I'm sounding like I'm not, but I want Justin Fields on this team because because I would just, it would hurt my heart too much if we traded him away. It would hurt my heart more if we traded Justin Fields away and he became great. That would hurt more than if we Stood with Justin Fields and Bryce Young became great. You want to know why? Because I already dealt with that with Mitch Trubisky and Patrick Mahomes.
2: I, I like the text message from the 224 here that wants to point out, and it's the truth, Bryce Young did all that behind Alabama's offensive line.
3: Well, you could, yeah, but you could say the same thing for Justin Fields, did that behind Ohio State's offensive line. It's like, doesn't matter. If you, if you, if you think the Bears are going to improve their offensive line, whatever offensive line you think the Bears are going to have this year, that's going to be the same one that Justin Fields is going to have. As bright, like, it doesn't matter. So, again, and we can't use the same argument this year as last year if we keep talking about that, you know what I mean? But, whatever. I'm getting hyped up because I'm hyped up right now. But Justin Fields, last game, 7 for 21, 75 yards. Game before that, 15 for 23, 119 yards. Game before that, 14 for 21, 152 yards. So, if you're staying in that completion percentage range of the mid to upper 60s, then I like that. That sounds like a great floor. But but how many attempts and how many yards? What's the floor look like then? Just something to think about. Again, it would hurt more if Justin Fields went away and became great. That would hurt more than if we stood with Justin Fields. He sucked and Bryce Young became great. Like twice happens it would just be horrible. All right, some other rumors that are out there. Somebody had... The Bear, my favorite rumor that's out there, to be very honest with you guys, is the Bears going to Arlington Heights. That's my favorite one. Nothing else. I mean, like, trading and, you know, who's this, who's that, does nothing for me.
2: I don't think you can really consider that a rumor anymore, though, right? That's kind of just like, it's no, happening I, and we're waiting.
3: Is it, though? I would if you If I asked Lori Lightfoot, if I put her on this damn show, she'd be like, uh-uh, not yet, Gabe. Fat lady has not sung. And so... But I, I love it. I'm here for the rumor mill. I'm here that, like, it just keeps going further and further. I, I listen, born and raised in the city of Chicago, I still live here right now. Never one day have I ever lived in the suburbs, anywhere else for that matter. In my entire existence on this earth, I've always lived in the city of Chicago. But I am here for the Bears of the Burbs. I'm just here for it. I'm here for the new stadium. I go to a new stadium every single year, and I am amazed at every stadium that I go to.
2: Come on, I was just about to say, tell me you don't watch games on Sundays and look at these stadiums yes. and say to
3: yourself, I want one of those. Yes. I want one of those. Listen, and I went to Jerry's World. I went to Dallas this, this past year. I went there. Jerry's World is like almost 10 years old, by the way, which I didn't even realize because it seems like they talk about it like if it's a spaceship from the future. But it's And even there, it was just the space. It was just the newness of it that made you feel good. Where I do love Soldier Field and its nuances and, and its history. But, again, when you compare, like, if you go to Lucaso Stadium in Indianapolis, that's that's my favorite stadium, by the way. I've been to probably, like, 15 different stadiums across the NFL. Aesthetically, location, everything about it, that stadium to me is just like, Mwah, chef's kiss. And if you're telling me that my team that I follow, the Chicago Bears, I just got to drive an extra 20, 30 minutes to get there, you know, I'm a tailgate anyway. So, I mean, like, what are we really talking about? I don't know. I'm, I'm just here for it. I'm, I'm here for that. That's my favorite rumor. Um, we will talk about more about like what team do you want the Bears to trade with? Because you know, a lot of people are like, "Well, you're not going to get a king's ransom." That's what people are saying. A lot of executives in the, excuse me, NFL are saying that, that the Bears aren't going to get a king's ransom for their first pick if they're trying to trade with the Texans or the Colts at two and four respectively. But they said they can get it if it's with the Raiders, the Panthers, or the Titans, right? Because they would have to leapfrog some teams. But then. You're taking yourself out of the Will Anderson, Jalen Carter conversation. So it's, it's it's where are you putting that value? Do you really want that first round pick next year? Because that's what that really boils down to. I tweeted earlier. I said, hey, Texans, we'll take your second and 33rd pick. Because the Texans have the two and the 12, and it's not likely you're going to get both of those. But if you're telling me I can get the two and the 33rd, get my little Chase Claypool back. And you know, second and third rounders somewhere else—that's GM talk over there. They—they they know when, what what really the back half of that looks like. But again, I mean, you have to come up with these solutions. A texter from the six three zero says, "I was fortunate enough to be at a Luke to be at a Lucas Stadium game when the Colts had a rare, a uh, game with the roof open. Beautiful stadium. Yes, it is. They got like this. I don't know, like this." Uh, what is that called? Like a bri- it looks like bridges are inside of there. This is, this is beautiful. Anyway. From the 847, it says, I hate this conversation because I'm afraid we're going to speak it into existence. We have to keep Fields. <laughs> Bro, I'm not doing it. I- I- I'm not doing it. Listen, Ryan Pole, Let's also remind yourself, Justin Fields was not drafted by Ryan Poles.
2: That's what scares me the most is, is I know that this is not Paul's guy, you know, as much as we Zero. love him, it's not Paul's guy.
3: Yeah. Uh, speaking of that, let's go to the phone lines, 312-644-6767. Got any Bears thoughts? Got any any rumors that you've been seeing out there that you actually like that the Bears are supposed to do? Uh, we'll take your calls right now. Uh, we're going to Jerry out in Tampa Bay. So, Jerry, uh, which player on the Bears are you curious about?
1: Uh, Justin Fields.
4: I mean, what what what's he actually
1: worth? Is he worth like two firsts? I mean,
3: what's he actually worth? Yeah, that that's a good one. That's a good one, Jerry. Thanks for the call, because that's what everybody's really asking about, right? Like, like what will is somebody willing to give up for a Justin Fields? Um, and that's a good question because you got to be asking yourself who would be willing to give up you know, anything. And of course, one of the first teams that comes to mind is the Atlanta Falcons. Now people are saying that Lamar Jackson might make his way down there to Atlanta, which would be really cool. Uh, The Falcons draft capital this year, they have the eighth pick in the draft, the 44th, then the 75th, and then a slew of fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh rounders. So, I mean, nothing that's sexy right there for me, for Justin Fields, the eighth pick, okay. I would need, I mean, this is just me. I'm not a GM. I do not know the intricacies of what you're supposed to be. But if it was me, like if this was Madden, and somebody was trying to change trade me for Justin Fields, I need, two, I need 2024 and 2025 for Justin Fields. Like, you're not going to give me the eighth pick in the draft and then just give me next year's first and then that's it. No, no, no. I need way more than that. So, again, when it, when it comes down to what is he – valued that. I think this just depends on the team and what they're willing to give up. Who has the most draft capital? I don't know. Tough. Uh, when talking about short quarterbacks, going back to Bryce Young, here are the NFL's best short quarterbacks of all time. Fran Tarkenton. I oddly, oddly watched the documentary on the mad scrambler for the Minnesota Vikings and how he, he changed the game. But He was six feet. Now you know back in the day, they added a couple of inches onto that boy. No way six feet tall. Drew Brees, six-time pro bowler, Super Bowl MVP, six feet tall. Russell Wilson, 5'11", but stocky, though. Like super, Like Bryce Young looks like Russell Wilson's arm and leg, one half of him. 5'11". Sonny Jurgensen, 5'11", former Eagle and Redskin, but that was a long time ago. Joe Theismann, 5'11". Okay. Okay. Joe Theismann. The one that always stands out to me is Breeze.
2: Breeze is like the king king of the short quarterbacks. King of the short,
3: because they just make it seem like he was just the shortest guy ever, but he was taller than Russell Wilson, which is odd. Mike Vick, six feet on a good day wearing padded insoles, because you know his ass wasn't six feet tall. And then, of course, Doug Flutie. Kyler Murray. 5'10", but he's not one of the best. 5'10", though, Kyler Murray. Bryce Young can get it done. Let's be honest. He's going to get it done. Like, whoever gets Bryce Young is going to have a good quarterback on their hands. Let's not talk about Bryce Young or compare him to Justin Fields if he's some scrub. And you're like, oh,
2: man, I want a Bryce Young.
3: He's a scrub. Like, no, don't talk about him like that.
2: I think him and Stroud are both going to be quality quarterbacks in the NFL for sure.
3: Yeah. I saw an article that said, like, uh... I don't remember the exact timing, but I think it was, like, when he was 13, his dad got locked up for, like, 30 years or something like that, CJ Strouds. Wow. I didn't know that. I love people with chip on the shoulders. You know what I'm saying? It makes you play a little bit harder. So CJ Stroud liked that. But according to most, the number one bet quarterback to be taken number one is Will Levis, the 6'3", Ben Roethlisberger-type dude. Why are you shaking your head over there? You don't believe it?
2: I, I'm not, I I, I... – to me, it, doesn't it look exactly like Mitch Trubisky all over again? And what's happening with Levis?
3: I think people are hoping that it's like a Josh Allen, Maybe, more so than and a Mitch Trubisky. That's the other Trubisky. side of it, right? That's right? the other side.
2: But I can't help just being seen it, seeing the yeah. team I root for go through this same exact We're thing <laughs> and fall in love with this guy, that all of a sudden he's he's the man. It, to me, it's I'm like I'm watching Mitch Trubisky happen all over again with him. Yeah,
3: the difference right between a Mitch and a Will Levis is that Will Levis started a bunch of games for Kentucky. Right, and he's transferred around, but there. What most people are saying is that Will Levis, because again, I watched a ridiculous amount of college football this year. I had a college gambling show on BetQL, myself, Pete Futek, Alyssa Bergamini. We watched a ton of games, and and I saw Kentucky playing, and I was like, "This guy sucks." Like this guy's not. Why do people keep talking about? It? Even during the season, people were like, "Will Levis," and I was like, "This this ain't that dude." And then everybody reminded me that two years ago, when he was when he was not draft eligible, he had a better offensive line and performed at a way higher level. So people are saying that last year he didn't have a good offensive line, but I told my rebuttal to that was, "But I watched the games. I didn't read no box scores. I didn't. I actually saw Will Levis throwing the ball, and I'm like, mm, not that dude. That's all right though. All right, that was your rumor mill. I love that man. Got a bunch of people texting in about Bryce Young and such." Uh, I'll circle back on that, read these text messages, and uh, then we'll get an opportunity uh, to, to lead ourselves into this Cubs conversation. we got Miguel Esparza, the voice, the Latin voice, the Spanish voice of the Chicago Cubs, uh, hanging out with us at 8 o'clock. We'll do all that on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez. This is 670 The Score. We're back live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Make sure you guys are following me on Twitter. Chicago underscore Gabe. That way, you can hear my ridiculous takes. It's so funny because, you know, sports radio is definitely big in, in Twitter. The sports world in general. But, you know, coming from pop culture, I'm all about Instagram. You know, I, I always, I always gotta, I always uh, get defensive about my followers on Twitter. I'm always like, oh, you know, my twitters are kind of low. My Twitter followers are low. But have you seen my Instagram? <laughs> you get salespeople hitting you up. Like, how many followers on Twitter you got? Like like, uh, you know, i got like 10,000. I was like, but have you seen my Instagram? Right over 31 grand over there on the IG. So make sure you guys check me out on either of those. I'm a follow for a follow guy on Twitter. So if you follow me, I love good content. So I'll follow you right back. So make sure you guys go ahead and do that. It is Gabe Ramirez here on a Monday here on 670. The score following a ton of stuff, man. The All-Star Game. Uh, we know spring training is here. Of course, the Bears are on the clock. And we've had some some really good text messages come in, so I want to show the texters some love. Um, first and foremost, somebody said, hey, man, I know it makes for good radio, but keep what you have. It's the first time in years uh, a Bears quarterback, for that matter, has had the same offensive coordinator two years in a row. And then in the same breath, he told me to put down the donuts. I know you're listening that I have a dad, Bob, but damn, he ain't got to come come for my soul. I told him it was the beer and the late-night snacks. Ruthless, man. I know. It's kind of kind of hurt my feelings. Uh, from the 224, it says, but we've seen Justin Fields behind the Bears' offensive line. How do you think a 5'10 Bryce Young does behind the Bears' offensive line? The same way that Justin Fields is going to do this year in uh, with the Bears' offensive line. I don't know. Uh, let's see. Somebody said, you're crazy if you think you're getting to Arlington Heights in 20 to 30 minutes on a game day with that infrastructure. Okay, first of all, sir, unless you work for like urban planning and development. You don't know what the infrastructure is. But 30 minutes, 35 minutes. I'm trying to think how long it takes. I live near the United Center. And if I were going to Soldier Field to watch the Bears game, it literally would take me like 14 minutes.
2: Just take the Metro, man. Just take the Metro.
3: Oh, you mean out to Arlington Heights? Now, you know what? I'm I hate the Metro on the weekends. I got to be honest, man. Like the belligeros or like the young belligeros. Like it's just, it's a different group. You,
2: you got to think though, like if this all goes down, right, there's going to be something in there for Metro. Maybe just build a, a Bears Express or something on game day. You know, something's going to happen like
3: that. I'm here for it. But I, I like when I wasn't driving to the game or getting dropped off by an Uber, I should say, I would park here in the building. And then they have a shuttle right downstairs. Did you notice know there's a shuttle right, literally right downstairs. That takes you from right here, all the way to the game. So I take that, but the worst part was going back to the parking structure. It's really Millennium Parking Garage that they have a shuttle from. But like you're trying to, you're on a long ass line trying to squeeze on a school bus that they have rotating, you know, back and forth. So I could see that being the same thing for the Metro to Arlington Heights. But who cares, bro?
2: It's got to be a better parking situation than we have currently. That's what I'm saying. It most right? certainly will. I mean, will. it's got to be.
3: I will say this: I am spoiled, and I have a, a really good relationship with the Bears, mind you. The, I'll tell you this story. We got time. So, I'm on a TV show called Bears Unleashed on Fox 32. Okay, um, it's been. Uh, it was my fifth year that I just finished, and the reason I am on that. TV stage, TV show on Fox. The reason I am on Fox doing Sports Zone with Luke Canales. The reason to lose my guy Anthony Heron, and I work together. Me and Corey Wooten, the reason is because of the Bears. No, I don't mean like oh the Bears. No, I mean like employees that work for the Chicago Bears. I was somewhat of a, of an influencer for them like six years ago, and they were like, hey, we 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 want a want a guy that's a Latino that you know, that loves the Bears. We want it, you know, but you show your love for the Bears organically and we just, we want to partner up with you. Absolutely. Checks from the Bears, I love it. Then one of the perks I got, they gave me like a gift card. I won't say how much, but a a gift card so I can go to the Bears store and just buy a bunch of Bears gear so I could be flexed out. So I was doing this and then the Bears signed a contract with Fox 32. It was a five-year deal where they were going to be showing uh, the Bears on uh, not only on Sundays, but they were going to have Thursday night football. They were going to be the local programming source for that. So they wanted something to connect the two days, the Thursday and the Sunday, and then they came up with Bears Unleashed. And so while Fox and the Bears are are strategizing how to make this thing come about, the Bears, who I worked for, told Fox, "Hey, there's this guy named Gabe. He's been doing stuff for us on social media. He works over at B." You guys should really consider him, and they did, and i like so I love the bears in a different way, you know what I mean? like that whole thing like that, that that thing coming about like that, like it's really, really cool that the bears you know put me in that in that situation, so I'm extremely grateful for them, and so all that to say, when I do go to bears games, I get parking i get I get the parking pass in the lot right next to the stadium, you know the one that you look at, and you're like, damn, how do they get those parking passes? That's the one that I get. Shout out at Lane. Shout out Fernando. Shout out the people that take care of me over there. So I live 14 minutes away, and I get parking in with the white parking tickets. You hating on me, Caesar? You hating? Are you hating I mean, good? why
2: would you want him to move? I just, I know. Why would you want him to leave Soldier Field? What, what you explain? Because I,
3: because I just want a better stadium, right? But like when it comes to the parking, and I hear people complain about it, I'm just like, don't have that problem. Don't know what that feels like, and it's okay. I'm, I'm okay. You don't get a lot of you don't get a lot of perks in the city, but that's definitely one of them for me. Here's a little tip for you next year. And I've learned this just from parking in that lot. You don't have to have a white ticket to go into that parking lot. And of course, I'm talking about the south the south lot that's right there. You can just go there early, pull up, and act like you don't know what you're doing, and just pay the forty bucks to park there. I mean, it costs like twenty five thirty bucks anyways to park in the regular lot. You might as well just do that. I'll give it all the tips and tricks today. Uh it is Gabe Ramirez here on 670 to score. Uh from the 815, some more text messages coming. So Bryce Young blows them away at the combine. The Colts aren't just competing against the Texans for a quarterback when the other teams can jump uh to grab him. I think it's just a smokescreen right now about not getting a King's ransom. Yeah, I think more teams are going to fall in love eventually as this process continues. Um from another eight one five to so draft draft Bryce Young and move fields to running back. <laughs> That's fine. All right, let's take uh, one call before we break. Uh, let's go to Matt out in Oak Park. So, Matt, you, you think the commute's going to suck for the city people? Guess what? Suburb people have been complaining about the commute long enough. I think it's all right to, to switch it up. So, I'm. Da- I just want to preface it say I'm down for Arlington Heights. Same. players need it. It's got to happen, right? But just personally, when I go to I go to like four games a year, and when I go to the games. I walk from my front door, I get on the green line, I get off at Roosevelt. (laughs) Sometimes I get a nice brunch in the West Loop. You know, I get off at Morgan, get a nice brunch before the game, then go to the game. I love it. It's like I like it more than a game sometimes. And now when I'm going out to Arlington, I'm not I'm gonna be paying what, like fifty bucks for parking plus gas. It's just gonna be Yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be such a bummer for me. But 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 Matt, you're still gonna be able to walk out your house and jump on the two ninety. It's not gonna be too too terrible of a drive. I just Googled it for you. It's about twenty six miles away from you. About a thirty four minute drive. It doesn't sound terrible. You know? I mean I get the I get yeah. the luxury and the comfort of the Green Line, especially stopping on Morgan. Federales is right there. You know, you got a lot of a lot of good shops right there on the corner. Then you could jump back on the Green Line, get off on Roosevelt, like a all the belligerent drunk Bears fans. It's it's an experience. I do get that. And Arlington I Heights you got to watch how much you got to drink, though, too, right? Because I can't, I can't have, like, five beers and then, you know, get back in my car and drive back to Oak Park. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Five. We got to get your tolerance up a little bit. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear what you're saying. Five, five beers. That, that's going to be the biggest issue for most of the, the city fans, right? It's like you're going to be driving back to Chicago trashed. And that's what we don't, we don't want that. So there needs to be – you know what? There needs to be some sort of shuttle. I think you're right. If it isn't a Metro stop, Caesar, it's got to be, like, some bus. A sober bus. You know, the, the the designated driver bus.
2: You know, there's going to be plenty of bar packages, you know, co- co- yeah. by. you get the ride, yeah. the shuttle to the game and back. and all hey, that. hey, hey. That's going to happen. You
3: want to invest in some buses? We call them the sober bus. You know, you pay us 25 bucks, get trashed. Drink on the bus. We got you. We don't want no accidents. All right. Uh, it is Gabe Ramirez here, 670 to score. Cubs and Sox are still, are still teams that exist here in the city of Chicago. And we actually get an opportunity to talk to you know, one of my good friends, he is the, he does play-by-play and color commentary for the Chicago Cubs during the season on the Marquee Network. Uh, and he does a great job at it. Miguel Esparza, he's also done some great he does stuff for every team here, man. It's really cool to to be able to have a guy like that that works at our sister station, 105.9 uh, FM and, and WBBM AM 780. So uh, Miguel Esparza will join us after this team. And he's a diehard fan the same way that I am. So I'm curious to see what he thinks. About this team and and what is he uh, most excited about for this upcoming season? We'll ask him on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The score.
1: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?